you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Friday, so this is our hashtag one hero episode. In these episodes, we highlight and celebrate a blog post and contributor from our community and discuss topics surrounding sales, marketing, and customer success. Here we go. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is Caitlin Luth, and I'm so excited because today we have the founder and president of Noted Analytics. Matt Walsh with us today on the podcast. So hello, Matt. Welcome. Thanks, Caitlin. Happy to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, happy to have you here. So I'm really excited to talk to you today because of something that we keep hearing all the time, and that is smaller companies can't do ABM or do it well, which is not true. And Matt is, a, he's the president and founder of a startup, again, Noted Analytics, and just want to talk to you today about what ABM looks like at Noted Analytics and what it looks like at a smaller organization, why you started doing ABM to begin with, and all that jazz. So just to jump into it, what does ABM look like at a smaller organization? And tell us a bit about what ABM looks like at Noted Analytics. Yeah, I'd be happy to. And you're right. It'd be harder to get smaller than us for, for doing ABM. <laughs> um, I, uh, along with my team of engineers, I am responsible for sales. So I am the sales team. So, <laughs> you know, if, if you can do it with one person, you can certainly do it with more than that. And, and it'd be harder to do it with, with less than that. But sure. So the way we approach sales um, and, and by implementing uh, an ABM strategy, I, I think really became out of necessity. I, I don't think we had the resources to really um, follow up on on a number of different leads and generate interest outside of our core profiles that we were looking at. So it, it made more sense from a strategy perspective just to be very specific as to who we went after and and try to generate activities within those accounts, thinking that that's our ideal customer that we want to go after. Let's validate if that's true. Mm-hmm. And and then if it is true, then we can get to a point where we can replicate that within other accounts. Right. So, I mean, ABM, which is kind of obvious and you already said it, but ABM for you and for a lot of smaller organizations comes out of necessity because, you know, someone isn't always going to respect a smaller organization. That's just blasting and firing a bunch of emails to a bunch of, if you're selling to marketers, a bunch of CMOs, you know? Exactly. Yep, exactly. And believe it or not, we're not a household name yet, right? Uh, <laughs> keyword is yet, but we will be. So uh, until then, what I, what I was really doing is is using my network of people that are involved in complex sales, you know, enterprise B2B sales organizations, reaching out to them directly and then seeing if the message resonated seeing if what we were talking about would provide value to them and, and then going from there and, and really using that as a way to, to fine tune my message, to fine tune who we were going after from a, a persona perspective and, and then just see how easily we can replicate that across other companies. Yeah. So something we talked about a little bit before we hit record was the fact that you are focusing on very specific personas and that's sort of 
big part of what ABM looks like at Noted Analytics. So walk me through that. Is that, you know, how you've started ABM just in general saying, okay, this is this is how we're going to start. We're going to make personas and we're going to reach out to those people. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. I I think a a lot of it comes from, so my background before starting Noted Analytics, I I worked at SAP, uh, the big enterprise software company. Mm -hmm. And from a a sales rep, what I was doing is I was managing a a certain number of accounts. So I I could only really generate activities and only generate um, opportunities within those named accounts. So that whole aspect of, of being very targeted in who you're going after, understanding that you're not just selling a solution, but you're really trying to fit a need of, of the buyer, whatever the buyer is trying to accomplish as a part of his or her goals. That's how you get activity. That's how you be able to, to deliver value to, to your customers. So thinking about them, right? Thinking about my, my customer, um, what, what, what's a part of his or her daily job and what, what frustrates them and what would, you know, allow them to get paid more money, all of those kinds of things, I think just came naturally to me from, from my years at SAP. And uh, thinking about noted analytics, it was a very seamless transition in, into implementing that here. And since we sell solutions to enterprise sales reps and enterprise sales teams, it was very easy for me just to use my, my network on, on LinkedIn just mm-hmm. to uh, start reaching out to people. And I think there's a couple of good things from a timing perspective of, of using LinkedIn. I think uh, what I started to notice is as I would make posts on LinkedIn, especially as I started to make video posts on LinkedIn, I think there was something in their, in their algorithm that really promoted video content more. Yeah. So it, it allowed, yeah, right? I, I don't know how long that's going to last for or, <laughs> or, or when that started, but it, it seems like if I wrote a post, it would get so, so traction. But if you do a video, then it would be seen by more people and yeah. and it would be a great compliment to the emails I was sending. They'd say, hey, there's Matt on LinkedIn. Hey, there's Matt in an email, almost to the point where you can't hide from Matt. <laughs> so is that what you would recommend for someone at a smaller organization who is trying to implement account-based marketing, account-based sales, or account-based in general? Just you know, start on a smaller scale, start with your contact, or your contacts, you know, what would be your recommendation for people who are at a smaller organization and aren't doing ABM, but want to get started or people who just are at whatever size organization and want to get started with ABM in general? Yeah, absolutely. So the ideal situation is if you already know somebody somewhere, that's that warm introduction, or you can get somebody else to make an introduction on your behalf. I mean, that's always the ideal scenario. But even if you don't have that, I think what, what platforms like LinkedIn allow you to do and what allows you to be effective is if you can be very personal in that outreach. Mm-hmm. It's not just, here's my copy and paste message. I'm sure you get a ton of those. I get a ton of those. And, and you know right away when it's somebody just copying and pasting this canned message out to you and you're not likely to, to, to look at it. Mm-hmm. But if someone can be very specific and with LinkedIn, you, you can target the specific role of the person who you want to send this message to and make it very specific to uh, value proper benefit that you know that will resonate with them. Now, that's the best way. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Allow them to, to, to engage. Mm-hmm. And then once you have them responding to you, then you can start to tell them a little bit more about your service and you can send them some additional links and engage that interest. So I would say 
try and use your network as best as possible, but be very specific to the value you can provide to that persona because you can be laser sharp in, in your targeting as to who you go after. Yeah. John Barrows, we did an interview with him recently, and a piece of advice that he gave was, and this is specifically for sales teams, to allow your sales teams the space and the time to get really targeted with their messaging because a lot of sales teams nowadays with automation and all these different tools are kind of, you know, moving into what marketers were a few years ago and, you know, making these emails and saying, hi, I know you're the president of this organization and blah, 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 blah. But everybody knows that's not personalized and that you haven't actually, you know, dug into their background and and made some sort of connection. And that's a lot of times because they don't have the time. But if you are on LinkedIn and you say, okay, I'm going to do my actual research that I need to do, and you give them the time to do that, then it just makes a huge difference. And that's where account-based sales comes in because marketing can back that up with engagement you know, which is marketing's job in general. It's not necessarily sales job to be marketing and vice versa. I, I completely agree. I completely agree. And a big part of this, it's twofold on the manager side. One, as you were saying, making sure that your team has the time to be able to do that research. A big component of that is determining what you're using to measure your team's performance. Mm-hmm. If, it's, if it's calls, right, or emails, then you're going to, reward a behavior that just promotes volume activity and, and non-personalized a- activity. But if you look to measure something like like meaningful activity or or meetings or good conversations, right? Or leads that turn into qualified opportunities, like sales qualified opportunities, then you're starting to reward behavior that's gonna allow that rep to to do that extra research to set up the best possible uh, handoff to to the account executive, and you're going to see that. You're going to see that in in how fast those those deals move down the pipeline. You're going to see that in the percentage of deals that close. And and I think I think you're starting to see that more. I feel like the inside sales and and the sales development world used to be very much more of a of a dial and get as many opportunities, doesn't matter if they're good or not, created to one where it's valuing quality opportunities because. People just don't have the time to be able to spend on on bad opportunities. And you know, if you can make those better at, at the actual sourcing of them, then you're going to have a much more effective uh, sales process. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, ideally for you, six to 12 months from now, what's the next iteration? What does ABM look like? Yeah. So for us, what ABM would look like is allowing us to be a little bit more sophisticated in our approach. It's mm-hmm. pretty manual right now. It's me finding the the contacts in uh, in LinkedIn, and you know one of the one of the ways I would do this is in in LinkedIn. It, it's kind of a convoluted way to get there, but there's a way through the settings where you can export all of your contacts out into Excel, and it'll break down all the different fields, the title, the company, the date connected, things like that. And I would go through and and start to group roles and group companies based on the ones that are ideal customer profile. And that would give me my list of, of, of accounts to go after and start to uh, test our messaging. What I would ideally want to get to is the point where we can have a much better feed of data and information on who our contacts and, and accounts are. Mm-hmm. And, and as we have our successful customers, 
be able to automatically say, hey, if you sold a customer A, customer B fits that profile as well. They're in the same type of industry. They're roughly the same size, the same amount of revenue. Mm-hmm. And you can now run that same strategy against them. And, and yeah. being able to automate to, to an extent, uh, to, to John's point and a lot of other sales leaders' points, you don't want to automate all of those cadence and messages. Mm-hmm. But I still want to be able to have some sort of structure where I don't want to have my five best value props in one email. Yeah. I, I want to schedule them one at a time, you know, then the second one, then the third one. If they didn't read it, then this one. Yeah. Yeah. Still a lot for personalization, but being able to structure those messages in certain a way, uh, right now I, I kind of do that manually, but I want to get to the point where I can start to automate some of that. Yeah. And I think that's too where tiering comes into play because, you know, you can choose your top whatever it is, 25 accounts and say, okay, these 25 accounts, I'm going to get super personal with them. But, you know, the next 50 or 100 who are maybe more so tier two, then you can start to, you know, identify, okay, these, this is my ICP and these companies act this way or these people act this way. I know that this is, this is what they're interested in. This is one of their pain points in their job, whatever. But you can start to automate some of that messaging and you don't need to get so highly personalized and targeted. Exactly. And one of the things that we just started building into our own process, because you know we use Noted Analytics as a part of our, our sales process, is starting to understand what is the ideal opportunity profile. Mm-hmm. So beyond just the ideal customer profile, but what does the perfect opportunity look like? How many meetings led to a successful outcome? What type of, of benefits and how many benefits did we collect throughout that, that cycle? And did you identify a competitor or not? And, and all of these things start to map out what does that perfect sales cycle look like? And then we can judge all of the sales cycles by that. So if we're early in the process, we know, hey, if we only touch three or four people, that's not enough because in the ideal winning cycle, we have to touch at least 12 people, right? It, it, it's those kinds of things. So we're, we're using that to, to build out what's our, our ideal sales cycle look like as well. Exactly, exactly. Well, if I could just summarize a little bit, I think, you know, some tips to take away with this is to just start something. If you are a smaller organization, it's okay if it takes a while to scale and to get more sophisticated in your techniques. But even just starting on LinkedIn and exporting your contacts into an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) Very low tech, right? Very low tech. (laughs) You really don't need that many tools to do that. (laughs) Just Excel. (laughs) But, you know, just starting somewhere. And from that point, you can iterate, you can scale, you can get more sophisticated in your technique. But start thinking of it in a different way. And if you, you know, if you have a sales team, maybe start measuring them in a more meaningful way than if they were just to make 50 calls a week or 500 calls a week. So, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show and can't wait to to see you soon. Caitlin, it's been a pleasure and I I look forward to six to 12 months from now talking about our our completely advanced high-tech ABM process. I can't wait. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks again. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.